not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. Trevor Sikama, Mike Renner here with you on a Tuesday morning. Jam-packed Tuesday show. We got Dogs of the Week. Mm -hmm. We got a special guest for it, the one and only Austin Gale. That's right, I teased it. Yesterday, and I'm answering you guys here now, couldn't give you the... I couldn't, I couldn't tell people what was going to happen. I had to keep the suspense up, but now that you're in the chat, Austin Gale's joining us for Dogs of the Week. We're also going to head back to the whiteboard. Mike's going to give us a breakdown of a great play, a couple of great plays, actually, encapsulating what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing in the run game, so I'm looking forward to that as well. We're also going to play a fun game... Uh, it is a football version of F, Marry, or Kill. It's instead sign, start, cut. A little more family-friendly, a little more football-focused. But this is a tough one. I've already seen them, so I'm excited to see how the chat's going to react to these. Mike, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing fantastic. I, 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 this is one of my favorite shows, on paper at least, that we've done all year. So we'll see how it turns out. Mm. But on paper, I'm very excited for what we're about to play. On paper's dangerous. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of good things on paper. Packers defense looked good on paper this season. <laughs> Packers defense did look good on paper. But uh, Bucks offense looked good on paper too. Bucks offense did look good on paper, but this show is not only going to look good on paper; it's going to come out. It's going to play great as well. Let's get the production portal guys in here as well. Quinn, Sob, Eli, how are you feeling today, my friends? Bengals offense looked good on paper, and that yeah. and it's Nobody good off paper. Hey. Okay, paper came to life. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Sometimes they it call works. that origami. Is that is that what we're calling the Bengals offense now? We're just calling it origami. Yeah, sure. Is that what we're doing? Sure. What's our question today to get us kicked off here today? Uh, what is the Patriots' record as a wild card team under Bill Belichick? Oh. Big win for them last night. Huge Maybe win. Sneaking that way. Probably not going to win the division, but could be a wild card team. What is their record as a wild card team? Have they ever lost? No, they have to have lost. Let's see. They lost um, 2019, right? It was 2019 one of the first years? Uh. That was the year they were like the last undefeated, right? And then they lost their first playoff game. But was it a wild 2019? Yeah. Right? What was the year that the. It was like Brady's last year in, in New England, right? They hosted that game, though, against okay. the Titans? Yeah, but what, wasn't it wild card or was it divisional round? Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm dumb. Um, hmm. No, that had to be the wild card round. Yeah. So we know there's at least one loss. There's no way they've lost. Else. How many times have they lost? Like twice? Hmm. Um. Bill Belichick took over in 2000. Okay. Right. Yeah. A, so six years in there, they definitely did. 20 lose. years. Over the last and 20 years? And they've only missed the playoffs, what, twice in that span? Yeah. I think so. Well, and how many times have they been a wild card team? Too? Yeah, you know but then I mean? not a lot of Brady wild cards. You just win the division every year. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But like, even with them not winning the, wait, as a wild card team or just mm -hmm. in the wild card round? Just wild card round. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Just clarifying. Just clarifying. Just clarifying. Hmm. Maybe like I'm gonna say t twice. I'd say maybe like three and one. You said it. So they've been in the wild card maybe three times. Do so you think they've lost once? Yeah. 
Maybe, maybe like four and one. DD Dynasty says so 0-2. Nathan says 5-5. Five five. There's no way they're going to plus 5. I really have no, no handle on this. This one's tough. Phillips says 2-0. and oh. Burningham says Austin's still better. I have a stash. I omitted a word there because it's a family-friendly show. Jacob says 0-3. Probably not. Angelo says 9-2. and two. Mm, I, ca I cannot think it'd be more than 2. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm going with two. Two's, two's my guess. We can, we can lock it into the end of the show. Two's going to be my guess, but... So then how many wins? He's got to get the record. Full record here. Um, I'll say... I'll say four and one. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll say... Like, I was going to say four and two. I don't know, five... I, maybe three and two. Okay. Okay. So that's, that, I, I'll think about the wins. The wins is something i got to think about yeah. as we move on here. Uh, who was our chat champ from yesterday? Who was it? Oh, Griff. Got to give a shout out to Griff. Griff Gambino. He was our chat champ from yesterday. Man, this is a fun one to be chat champ. Sign, start, cut. Might end friendships. Could end relationships. Could end everything in the chat. I don't know how I don't know how divisive this is going to be. It is going to be. But a we've got some pretty good sign, start, cuts. Okay. And we'll start it out here right now with the quarterback position. Chat, I want you guys ready for this. You guys got to be ready. I want to hear all of your answers for all of these because I think they're pretty tight. We came up with this before the show. We came up with these groupings, and I think, they're, I think there's an argument for a lot of these guys. So there's no easy ones, no softball ones, at least I don't think. First one's quarterback. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Who are you signing long term? Who are you just starting? And who are you cutting? Okay, so right? sign's the best is what we're saying. Sign is the best. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're in order, truthfully. If I'm ranking these quarterbacks Chat, for my team, I think I'm signing Joe Burrow. I just, at this point, if you're a doubter of his game, you think he's the product of talent around him, it can't help you. I mean, I think small Joe Burrow's. Uh, well, he still has small hands. A different level of. Competitive fire, whatever, winningness, whatever, gamerness, whatever that like buzzword is, the intangibles, than Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert's obviously more physically talented and a hell of a quarterback. And I would be very happy if he's the quarterback of my franchise long term. But just in that debate between the two, lean Joe. And then Jalen Hurts, kind of a distant third. Um, very reliant distant third? on his, the running game, as we'll talk about here a little bit later. And just not doesn't bring the high-end plays to the passing game the way the other two do. Now, he's made vast improvements, and I'm not writing him off by any means. I think he is a surefire quality starter for a while here in Philly. But if you're comparing him to those two above him, it's just... Give me the pass. But he is part of the run game, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, massive. And, again, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But it's still the passing game, I still do think, like, he's got... He's got the best situation of those three right now, too, in terms of uh, what he's working with, with offensive line, with the wide receivers there. So all things being equal, equal footing, average talent around him, Burrow, Herbert, Hurts. Yeah, before, before we go with you, Trevor, chat, I, literally every other person is different. I haven't seen, like, two people say the same order in a row. So you guys are right. These are not softballs. What is the, is the most common one Burrow at the top? I mean, for recently, yeah, when it started, a lot of people were, were citing Herbert. 
a lot of people were signing Herbert off the rip. Seems mm-hmm. like Hertz is the unanimous cut here, pretty much. But disrespect. Yeah. No, I mean that's probably what I'm going with too. Um, the one that I I'm not debating at all is Joe Burrow at the very top. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm not debating at all. I, he's done it now. Like you said, like if, if if people aren't going to be convinced that Joe Burrow's a phenomenal franchise quarterback in this league, I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Justin Herbert, unreal arm talent. Love Justin Herbert. Think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. He he hasn't done what Joe Burrow's done. And if you want to say like, okay, put Justin Herbert on the Bengals, sure, okay, like I, I I definitely get the environment argument to it. But Joe Burrow's done it. We've seen it. We saw it last year. Improbable run. Had no business making that run with the Bengals last year. And then this year, I, not gonna lie, I thought that they were gonna take a step back. I thought that last year was gonna be fool's gold. And you know what? Joe Burrow just continues to week in and week out prove me wrong over and over and over again. And this past weekend was, I feel like, again, an example. All right, so maybe they didn't absolutely blow out the Cleveland Browns, but you just go back to that Jamar Chase throw. Mm-hmm. Like, who's making that throw? Who's making that throw? Not wow. many quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Burrow is one of them. I'd, st- I'd sign Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow would be the franchise guy. I'm starting Justin Herbert. I cannot cut that kind of arm talent, especially from what we saw this past weekend. I don't even mean for it to be recency bias, but the guy is phenomenal. Jalen, I I hate doing this, and this is why it was tight. This is why it was a tight one because Jalen Hurts, I even tweeted this past Sunday. It cannot be understated how impressive Jalen Hurts has been this season, both with his arm and his leg, but that's what I'm going with. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. I'm looking at it right now. We've got... Steven says, sign Herbert, start Burrow, cut Hurts. Daniel also, sign Herbert, start Burrow, cut Hurts. DT Dynasty says, sign Burrow, start Hurts, cut Herbert. Get Herbert out of here. I think that's the only her- cut Herbert that I see. There were a couple. So we get, couple. Oh, yeah. Abel's saying, sign Burrow, start Hurts, cut Herbert as well. Oh, man. Steven said, Trev, you can't use throwing ability as a reason to side with Burrow over Herbert. No one in this league can make the throws that Herbert can, talent-wise, anticipatory-wise. I, I mean, I, Justin Herbert can throw the ball further and faster. That goes into arm talent, no doubt about it. Joe Burrow's an assassin. It ba- it, it, if it can get better than Joe Burrow, realistically, it's barely better than Joe Burrow. What he's doing as a passer is the best right now. That's what I'm saying. Burrow's like a little bit of a souped-up Drew Brees, right? He's like, he yeah, just, that's how it feels. He's gonna feels. make, he's gonna put the ball where he wants it to be. You know, like it, there's just no doubt about that. Um, and he's got probably, you know, late career Drew Brees, a little bit better arm, obviously uh, taller, works in the middle of the field a little bit better. So yeah, I'm going Joe Burrow. All right, next three, staying with quarterbacks. Sign start bench or sign start cut. Forget my own game here. Woo! Geno Smith. That's tough. Jared Goff, Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, man. So, I'm going to sign Tua purely because you got about a decade between him and Gino. Not to say that Gino, mm. like right now, if we're just, you know, sign means long-term extension. Is Gino going to be doing this at 37, 38, five years from now? Mm. Whereas Tua, you could realistically expect him to, five years from now, to be even better than he is right now. So, Sign Tua, start Gino. Unfortunately, we're cutting Jared Goff. Mm. But in terms of just who's better right now, who do I want next game, we're debating between Tua and Gino. That, that, one's, that one is very much up for debate. I might even lean Gino. <laughs> it 
Daniel said, which one of you made this, you absolute demon? Yeah. It's your boy. Yeah. I well, Philip Cross says, can I cut all three? No, you can't cut all three. What do you mean? Come on, that is slanderous what do you to mean? The, these guys. It seems pretty unanimous that they're all, everybody's cutting golf. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know how many golf believers we'd get. I didn't know. Didn't know. This is your firm, like, the firm, like, 10 to 15 tier. I, I, I'm not even sure I put golf in that, but, like, that's where, like, the kind of, I'd put this as, like, tier three of NFL starters right mm -hmm. now. That's, I think that's where I'd see this group. The also, top of tier three. Also, I don't think you have to, just for everybody out there, I don't think we have to take the word sign, like, so literal. Like, this is literally just a, this, I'm choosing this first, this second, this third. That's what the game is all about. Yeah, you kind of want to think about long-term-ish with who you'd rather choose, because that goes into it, because we're taking this game and turning it into a football game. But you don't have to necessarily think it's, like, literally like a, a sign a franchise contract or something like that so you could to his age you could bring into this equation like who you would rather have and all that it doesn't just have to be like for this week either but i'm just saying like you don't have to go out here and say Tua because he's the youngest of the guys i'm so tempted to put gino a sign i'm so tempted gino's played so well this year oh in so many different situations I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm signing Gino. Hey. I'm signing Gino. Gino's been unbelievable this season. Has been. So many years where he has had to sit and watch. So many years where he has clearly sat back and learned. Now he's taking this opportunity. He's absolutely making the most of it. I'm going to sign Gino Smith. I'm obviously going to start Tua. And then I'm going to cut Jared Goff. I am very. I think the Gino Smith, his contract situation is going to be one of the more interesting offseason storylines just because... Because like what I just said, he's firmly tier three is where I put him in terms of NFL quarterbacks. Like he hasn't joined, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. If you put him on that last graphic, he's getting cut immediately with those guys. So he's not touching, he's not sniffing those guys. But at the same time, you can obviously win with them. And they're doing so without much in the way of defense up there in Seattle. So I'm curious where his contract will end up with one year of that, but still not being necessarily elite level play. And with probably some good weapons around him. Maybe not the best offensive line, but definitely some good weapons on the outside. So I'm curious to see how the NFL season. David Sofaro said, put some respect on 16. You put some respect on 16, Dave. Give us, give us your let's three. Hear let's Science. hear it. Um, let's see. Angelo said, start Goff. Sign Tua. Cut Gino. Oh, that's one of the first I saw. Old. Sam says, start Gino. Sign Tua. Cut Goff. Uh, Curtis saying, sign Tua. I feel like most people are signing Tua. Although... Eli, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it is actually pretty split here between Tua and Gino at the very top. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it seems like it's been pretty split for the first half. It started off hot with Tua, but then Gino seems to have been making a, a bit of a comeback. <laughs> MH saying y'all are off drugs talking about cutting Jerry Goff. What are we going to do? <laughs> I think Jerry Goff's good, but I mean, like, good compared to these other guys. Goff um, is third in PFF grade, third in passer ratings, third mm -hmm. in EPA for play among these guys. So... Your, your call. What everything. Kyle's saying wouldn't start be ranked higher than sign. No, I'm saying like sign isn't again. Like it's like a you believe in them a little mm -hmm. bit longer term. Like you're committed to them more than just saying like, okay, you're our starter for now. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the way that I'm setting it up here. Um, yeah, so don't focus so much on the verbiage. Just this is the ranking of where we're going here. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Uh, wide receiver. Let's go to wide receiver. Yes. AJ Brown, 
CD Lamb, DK Metcalf. Oof. Oh. Now, coming Science, out. Sign start cut. 19 draft. It was Metcalf one on the PFF board, AJ Brown two. Mm -hmm. I think I'm flipping that now four years in mm -hmm. because Brown's just more complete, right? And Metcalf was one because I felt good about him in a role knowing he would win. You know, as a vertical threat at that size, he was gonna be productive. And what we, that's borne out. But AJ Brown can be productive down the field, he can be productive in the screen game, he can be productive intermediate, he can win off the line. Not much he can't do. So I'm going Brown, then Metcalf, then Lamb. So sign Brown, starting Metcalf, cutting Lamb. I, I just, not, not to say that Lamb's not you know, a wide receiver one. I think he is. Mm -hmm. It's just you're dealing with freaks in A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. CD's just a very solid all-around wide receiver. No real, not many weaknesses to his game. But you're talking about an elite strength Physicality weapon in AJ Brown and an elite vertical threat in DK Metcalf. That's that's what I'm leaning towards. Oh, I think you're selling. I think you're selling CD short. I'm with you on AJ Brown. I think mm -hmm. he's got to be number one in this list. If again, not to have total recency bias, but you just look at what he has been able to do this year. He has been able to take his game to another level. We already thought he was trending up, and that that trajectory just went even higher this yeah. year. So it's been awesome to see AJ Brown. I agree with you. A complete receiver before and after the catch. So he's got to be the sign guy. He's the number one guy. I, I'm going CD Lamb. Okay. Start. I, I, I love CeeDee Land's game. I think he's smooth. I think he's fast. I think he's getting smarter the longer that he's in the NFL. He's understanding how to find that open space very well. He's becoming a yards after the catch guy. And I love his hands, man. I think this guy is so talented when it comes to just hand-eye coordination and catching the ball. I, just all different angles, full catch radius, always available to CeeDee Lamb, even if it's with only one hand. I feel like this guy's got fantastic feet, he's got fantastic hands, and I like the athletic ability. Sure, DK Metcalf is definitely, like you said, a top-tier athlete, a very rare athlete, but if I had to choose, man, that's my order. Sign starts hit. I'm going A.J. Brown, I'm going CeeDee Lamb, I'm going DK Metcalf. Can't really go wrong. Can't really go wrong. Very tough to go wrong. Very tough to go wrong here. Eli, what are what are most people going with? I'm scrolling back on the chat now. Yeah, this one I feel like AJ is the clear yeah, sign. Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people cutting CD. A lot of people cutting yeah. CD. Yeah, well, I've seen a lot of DK cuts here. Recently, now I'm seeing it's in the chat, decent amount split. of people. Yeah, DK and Lamb are pretty split. But AJ but is AJ's the one. clear yeah. and obvious sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Abel Fett says Lamb is great, but there's absolutely no way you could put him above DK or AJ. Both have done way more than Lamb so far and look better doing it. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Cowboys just signed T.Y. Hilton. Maybe they're really trying to cut CeeDee Lamb. You never know. <laughs> Quinn, get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next wide receiver one. Little young guns mm -hmm. in this one. Not that the other guys were old. Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and T. Higgins. Man. Sign, start, cut. I can't wait to hear what the chat thinks about this one. We were talking about the rookie wide receivers, right, a little earlier this week, and mm -hmm. we said, you know, do over, it's Garrett Wilson. He's the top of the class. I don't think it's really a debate right now who's the best rookie wide receiver. Chris Olave, great, but Wilson's ceiling and just what he brings to the table is just higher, in my opinion. I think I underrated him in the draft. I put him in a tier with... Uh, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and it's like, you know, you want the speed guy, go Jamison. You want the possession guy, go Drake London. You want kind of an all-around, you know, hybrid, move him around to the slot, to the outside, go Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson could be even necessarily more than that. I think I might just be selling him short to call him that. He's just, mm -hmm. he's number one. 
I think he's the only guy on that list that I'd call like an undisputed number one right now. So I'm signing Garrett Wilson, starting T. Higgins. I just think he's a little bit more of a vertical threat or can be more of a vertical threat. Not say Amon Ra isn't fantastic talent, but mm -hmm. I think he's very much, I don't say, say calling a practice game is a lot, but he's featured in that scheme, in that role, and with Jared Goff at quarterback. Whereas T. Higgins obviously has only had limited time in his career where he's like been the guy because of Jamar Chase. So I really hate to cut Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm starting T. Higgins. Signing Garrett Wilson, cutting Amon Ross St. Brown, but again, in, in their roles, they're all very, very good. I feel like people are saying that this is the toughest one yet. Mm -hmm. This is definitely the toughest one yet. Jeff is going Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then cutting Higgins. Drew's signing St. Brown, then Garrett Wilson, cutting T. Higgins. Oh, man. DT saying sign St. Brown, start Higgins, cut Wilson. Ooh. Phillip saying sign Garrett Wilson, starting the Sun God, and then cutting Higgins. But he wanted to make sure that put out there that all of these guys are studs. I'm going to go with the same exact order that you have. And not to be a copycat, not to think it was easy, because it's absolutely not. This is the one where I was prepping this morning for the show that I spent the most time on. This one right here. But... When you look at Garrett Wilson, it is funny watching Amon Ross St. Brown and Garrett Wilson's tape back-to-back. -back. Garrett Wilson is just a more athletic Amon Ross St. Brown. He's just, he just more explosive. He's got more vertical ability. He's got better short area quickness. And, like, that's not to say that Amon Ross St. Brown is in any way a chump athletically. But it's just Garrett Wilson is, like, a supercharged what we've seen with Amon Ross St. Brown. So I got to sign Garrett Wilson. And then T. Higgins, man, I went back and watched his tape. And it is funny watching these two guys smaller wide receivers than going to watch T. Higgins because you go, oh, you know, the turning is so much slower. You know, the, the, the quickness, the agility is not really there. But then you remember that this guy's 6'4", and he's still moving really well. Got great hand-eye coordination, could go up and get it, can play the X for you, can even play off the line scrimmage too. They use him in, this, in the uh, quick passing game because of just how overall reliable he is. They'll use him on short little dig routes across the line of scrimmage. They'll use him in the slant game. They use him all over, man. So I, I got to sign Garrett Wilson. I think he's the best. He's got that wide receiver one potential. I also believe that T. Higgins has that wide receiver one potential. So I'm going to start him. And then I got to cut St. Brown. This one was tough, though. Yeah. Higgins, tough. Higgins has tough. a six foot nine inch wingspan. He has only two drops all season long. And he's 14 to 21 contested catches. He, he's, pretty, he's pretty nasty for that mold of wide receiver. You're really not going to do too many too many better in the NFL. Okay, uh, let's flip over to the defense side of the ball. We got two defensive ones, okay? Edge rushers. Chase Young, Brian Burns, Rashawn Gary. Oh, no. <laughs> this one's tough. Of course it's tough. I came up with all of them. Putting you in a box. I, I, I still got to go Chase Young. Cage. Ch Chase Young's tape at OSU, his tape as a rookie, was just too good. And, and now we haven't obviously seen him since that you know, it was just like midway through last year. And his second year was not, even honestly, the tape wasn't as good as it was his rookie year, but I, I, he's still such a freak. He's just such, so powerful off the edge. Now, maybe a little bit stiff, but it's not like Rashawn Gary is an edge bender himself either. And, and Brian Burns, just a little too one-dimensional. He's just, you're not gonna get, he's not a run defender, not a plus run defender. Not that Rashawn Gary is like any great shakes against the run either, but like, I, tend to lean more towards the three down defenders off the edge. It just makes your life easier as a defense coordinator. So I'll go Chase Young, sign, Rashawn Gary, start, cut, Brian Burns. But it's tough. It's a tough one. All right, so you're signing Chase Young, you're starting Rashawn Gary, Correct. and you're cutting Brian Burns. Uh, I'm going to flip it here. 
Okay. I'm going to sign Rashawn Gary. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to start Chase Young. And then I'm going to cut Brian Burns. Oh, um, Brian. Brutal, which is brutal. I love I love Brian Burns. But, like, these two guys ahead of him are – they outweigh Brian Burns by a lot. So they got more beef – well, I don't want to say a lot. But they've got more beef on them, and they're more explosive, I think. Yeah. It's just – I went back to watch before Rashawn Gary got hurt. Last night I went back to watch Rashawn Gary, and, like, the dude is playing confident now. Mm-hmm. When he pins his ears back, he turns that speed into power about as good as any edge rusher I feel like does in the NFL. Yeah. Like, he is, he was flying off the line of scrimmage, and he was giving offensive tackles hell. Now, of course, like you said, like he's not the most flexible dude. It's not like he's a big-time bender, mm-hmm. but he's still, I mean, he was attacking outside shoulders, inside shoulders. He was having all kinds of counters, and, of course, like I said, that speed to power is just such a go-to because it's overwhelming with the combination of athleticism and strength that Rashawn Gary has. You go back and you watch Chase Young, even last year, okay? Down year production-wise, only had a sack and a half in the 10 games that he played. Still, guys, tape's unreal. The tape's fantastic. You just see the potential that he has. Now, he's coming off an ACL injury, so of course, I like, say both the like, ACLs there a little. Kind of goes into it. Not really great, but I got to go. I got I to sign Rashawn Gary for how great he was as a pass rusher earlier this season. I can't let Chase Young be cut. I just can't do it. No way. And that means, unfortunately, Brian Burns on the chopping block. Eli, what did we have in the chat? What was the? Was there a unanimous one here? I mean, this one seems like they're cutting Gary and Young the most frequently. Honestly. Ooh. Yeah, there's. I've only seen a few Burns getting cut. So um, I. So I gotta think. I gotta think. Chase Young's injury goes into that, right? hundred percent. I think the, that's. They're what probably are just going with. into it thinking he has not. Uh, he has not played a lot of snaps. Yeah. And that probably. And, and both ACL and Sean Gary's ACL too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I should have. I guess I should have said like, you know, you turn a Madden injuries off. You got to pick it that way. But is anyone trading three firsts for Brian Burns? Not anymore. Or what was it? No, uh, first two, fir- two first round picks Rams. and a second round yeah. pick, right? Let's need probably got cut off. He trading draft picks. Egregious. Uh, all right, last one. Cornerbacks: J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan the second, Trent McDuffie, your son. Oh. I, gotta do this all today. I wanted, okay, all when I was sitting at the computer coming up with these, the only thing that I wanted was that reaction right there after every single one, and I think I've gotten it. Every single time I name the three, you just go, ugh. Well, it's because I, I love McDuff. His tape, he's been wholly underrated as a rookie because Sauce Gardner exists and has been healthy all season because uh, you just get lost in the sort of news cycle when you don't play until week nine. And, yeah, he played week one but missed, you know, half the season already. But since then, 254 cover snaps, only 124 yards on them. He's allowed. He's been lights out, lights out in coverage. The Chiefs making those defense. Uh, the Chiefs got an absolute home run with that pick. However, <laughs> Bachelor Tate and J.C. Horn are, like, established ones. Yeah. Established yeah. guys you trust to go track a number one on the other side of the field. So I'm going to sign Bachelor Tan. Just because of the health. We've seen it two years now. J.C. Horn, I will start and I will cut, unfortunately, Trent McDuffie. But this one, this one's, the, this one's been the worst one for me. This because one, this one, they're all studs. Studs. This one was right at your heart. Yeah. I came up with this one on purpose because I, I wanted a corner one. And I had J.C. Horn and Patrick Tan. And I could not put Sars Garner in this group because it, we're sauce. We're signing just, sauce. It, 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 it makes it too on. easy. It makes yeah. it too easy. So everybody who's in the chat like, oh, we're sauce. If I put sauce even with Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn in, it's too easy. Yeah. Sean, sauce has been having too phenomenal of a year. So I, I really, this was a personal one for Mike because I was just seeing if he was going to uh, 
if he was going to make this happen. I'll, I'll, I'll flip it. I'm going to sign J.C. Horn, I'll start Patrick Sertan, and I'll cut Trent McDuffie. Uh, that's the order that I'm going to go with. Uh, J.C. Horn's mentality is, mm-hmm. is phenomenal, man. It's just, it, it is just one of my favorite things to watch him go after it. I mean, he's just had a fantastic year when he's been healthy. He's been fantastic in the NFL the whole time when he's been healthy. Not to say that Patrick Sertan hasn't. Both of these guys, like you said, certified CB1 build kind of players. They are going to, if not already, become those guys that you build your secondary around. So that's that's why we didn't have Sauce in here, but that's what i go with. I'd sign J.C. Horn, I'd start Patrick Sertan, and I would, uh, I would, I would cut Trent McDuffie. And it's Trent wild McDuffie. that McDuffie, to me, fell as far as he did. I, I saw him, I thought there was a Tier 1 in this past draft of corners, and it was Trent McDuffie, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner. And I thought they were, depending on your scheme, Kind of, kind of what I said about the wide receiver guy. Spending your scheme, depending on what you wanted, you could have one above the other, you'd pick one. Uh, McDuffie, I thought, was just your best all-around probably guy in that mix. And I think we're seeing that, because obviously the Chiefs, they, they throw the kitchen sink at you defensively, and he's been good whatever they would ask him to do. Whew. That was fun. 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 Oh, we, uh, we have our special guest here who's watching the show, and our special guest says that they would sign Patrick Sertan, start J.C. Horn and cut Trent McDuffie. So, our special guest agrees with you. There you go. Well, let's just get to him now. As we introduce one of our favorite segments on this show, it is Dogs of the Week, baby. Let's get into it. Dog. He gets after it. He's a dog. 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 He scored scored five five touchdowns. Dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. dog. He is a dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of everybody's favorite segments. All week long, it is Dogs of the Week. We want to hear from you guys as well. Shout out your Dogs of the Week in the chat. Let us know what you guys think that you saw this weekend in the NFL. Dude, this this guest, it, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect that we have this guest on for this segment. You know him, you love him. He's one of the dogs in this industry. It's the one and only Austin Gale. Austin, my friend, how are you doing, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Doing fantastic. Uh, you guys really big-timed me in the Zoom chat. I've been on here for like 30 minutes watching this show. I, I guess it's great. I know you read my uh, my Zoom chat on who I'd sign, cut, and start on that cornerback. Don't read the rest of that Zoom chat. I was kind of getting it, getting after it with the, with the editor boys. I miss you guys. It's good to be on the show. <laughs> you, you getting in on a chat, whether Slack or Zoom or wherever it is, is not a shock at all whatsoever because this man, Austin Gale, has some takes. Uh, Austin, I'm going to start with you. Who is your number one dog of the week that you saw this past week in the NFL? Who you got? Number one dog of the week. I think I got to go Mike White, and he lost, and I know he lost. Mike White lost, but I think, you know, you talk about Zach Wilson leading the league in interceptions where you kind of scream, what the fuck, at the TV. Mike White leads the league so far in plays where you're like, holy shit, he got sawed in half. Because when you look at that, he took two hits in this game where he left. Looks like rib injuries. One big hit earlier in the game. I think it was in the second quarter. Another monster hit when he was, uh, uh, when Matt Milano come in blitzing, gets sawed in half. Still was able to come in and gut through the game. He left that game on an ambulance. If that's not a dog of the week, I don't know what to tell you. True. I mean, the specific stat that I want to bring up is he right now is top five in EPA per dropback when pressured over the three weeks he started in New York. When Zach Wilson was the starter, weeks four through 11. He was 34th in EPA for dropback when pressured, absolutely collapsing when the pocket goes down. Mike White hasn't been that, and that's been probably the biggest difference for the Jets' offense. And I know he's one and two as a starter. Zach Wilson won more games, whatever. It is so obvious to me, Mike White is the man for the Jets moving forward, despite the loss. 
because of what he's doing under pressure, because of how he's handled these hits, man. I think Mike White is an absolute dog, and I bet he starts this week. Like, I, it doesn't matter what happened to those ribs. He's starting again. He knows this opportunity that he has, and I think he's going to get to start this week. Yeah, not to glorify, you know, exposing yourself to injury, but I think Mike White had more impressive throws with defenders bearing down on him just this past week than Zach Wilson has in his entire career. Like, truly. Like, he, he, he steps in confidently and doesn't give a shit about – the pass rush, somebody where said, Zach Wilson always is kind of in the back of his head. Somebody said on Twitter, you could see the moment when Matt Milano literally just, like, separated Mike White's soul from his body on that throw. And, like, that's true. I mean, yeah. like, that's how hard that dude was hit. And he just obviously kept fighting. So it's a fantastic first dog of the week. I, I do have to say that uh, somebody in the chat said that Austin dog or that uh, Austin's not a dog. He's a gator. So shout-out to, uh, shout to Tailgate the listeners at Tailgate. So I just wanted to make sure that Austin heard that as well. Mike, what is your first dog of the week? My first dog of the week, touched on him yesterday, is Justin Jefferson. Dude went for 11 catches, 223 yards. Didn't get too much of a whisper about it, obviously, in a losing effort, but my Lord. Should have had another – should have had a touchdown in there because the refs kind of – Dogged him mm. on him stepping out of bounds. There. But yeah, Justin Jefferson there. now leads the NFL 1,500 receiving yards. Could very well with the pace he's been on of late. Woo. Break single season receiving yards. So, Justin Jefferson, dog of the week. The quietest 223 yard receiving game of all time this past weekend because literally nobody talked about mm-hmm. it at all. But uh, that's we a strong, are. I mean, that's a strong one. Austin, do you have any uh, Justin Jefferson takes? Anything with the Vikings from what you saw this past weekend against the Lions? I definitely think he got dogged by those refs. That obviously should have been a touchdown. And I think when you look at that game, a lot of man coverage, that's what the Detroit Lions want to run. And there just wasn't a single corner that could stick with them. Like, I think it's difficult to put up 223 in, in today's NFL. It's even more difficult when you're getting as much man coverage and as much attention as Justin Jefferson is getting. And I also will say this, it was a good Kirk Cousins game. Like, Kirk Cousins played a good game, and the Minnesota Vikings still lost because Jared Goff is relentless, and, and, and the roar is officially restored. The roar is indeed officially restored. I'll stick with quarterback, though, for my first dog of the week. i got to shout out Trevor Lawrence, man. It is so much fun yep. to watch Trevor Lawrence right now and with how confident he is playing. Titans, beginning of that game, Looked like it was going to be business as usual, right? Derrick Henry almost has 100 yards and a half. It looked like, up, oh, same thing. Jags just can't beat the Titans. They never will be able to get over the hump, anything. And Trevor Lawrence basically says, no, 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 no. New regime. We're not doing that anymore. Second half, not only did the Jags defense lock down on Derrick Henry, but Trevor Lawrence just took it to an absolute next level. 90.8 passing grade this past week. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, two big-time throws, a turnover-worthy play, adjusted completion percentage, almost 85%, 84.2%. 121.9 passer rating on the day. And this guy just had so much confidence, right? Think about it at the end of the game, very end of the game. He's kneeling the ball to end the game. Titans are getting a little bit of push. They're not really happy. They just got blown out on home field. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, what does he do? He waves goodbye to the crowd. He points to the scoreboard. He's talking shit after the game. That's a dog, man. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's renewing a rivalry in the AFC South when the Jags didn't really have any rivalries because they we're really good for a long time. I love that Trevor Lawrence is right there. He's playing confidently. He's absolutely playing like a dog. Austin, what have you seen from Trevor Lawrence so far this year? I, I think you could argue in that game against Tennessee, some of his best passes weren't even caught. I, I think the supporting cast is not what the Jags had hoped they'd been when they brought in Zay Jones, when they brought in Evan Ingram. Like, it's been a lot of drops, a lot of bad receiver play, and Trevor Lawrence has survived so much of that. I think when you look at this game specifically, he has the arm talent, and I think the discourse is going to run very similar 
to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, who has a lot of arm talent and is playing the quarterback position well, quarterbacking well at a top five level that Herbert is. Trevor Lawrence is entering that top 10 tier. They're not winning a lot of games, winning games that they should. And I think the discourse will always be until he wins those games. He's not that guy. He doesn't have it. He fails in games. He fails in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence is ascending into top 10 conversation, borderline top eight conversation, even though the Jags obviously are still on the outside looking in at the playoffs. All right, Austin, who you got as your second dog of the week? I'm going to Kansas City, and I'm going to Isaiah Pacheco at a Rutgers yeah. 5'10", 216. It's an absolute force. His nickname is Pop because get, he gets 10 yards of Pop. That is my favorite running back in the NFL right now. He's the best guy to watch, physical, explosive, and giving the Kansas City Chiefs a downhill run game they desperately need. Right When, when teams want to play too high, they have to find a back that can break tackles and run downhill. It's exactly what he's done. If you specifically look at Second and 10, close out the game, right up the gut, trucks a defensive back, and then carries another guy for you know, two or three more yards to get the first down. Pacheco is as physical as he is explosive. He catch passes out of the backfield. I think he had 100 or 93 yards from scrimmage, five first downs, uh, five broken tackles this past week. Pacheco, man, is a difference maker on a Kansas City team that kind of needs them, right? Kelsey is there, no top receiver, obviously. They've had right. some injuries elsewhere. Marcus Valdez-Scantling's been hot and cold. I like Isaiah Pacheco as a consistent force for this Kansas City offense as they go into the postseason. Style alone, the dude's a dog. He, he runs like he's angry at the ground. Right. Like he's stomping. <laughs> style alone, yeah. man. He looks like he, the second the ball gets in his gut, it, he is one of those dudes who's like, no, I, I don't want to have any business tackling him. No, I don't, I, I just, I don't even want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't care how small he is. He just looks like somebody who's going to hurt to tackle. Going to the chat here, we got a Max Crosby shout out for Dog of the Week. Jason shouting out Penny Sewell. A couple of people have shouted out Penny Sewell. Noted, uh, noted pass catcher, I should say, Penny Sewell. Lions Mania, St. James Williams as well for his first touchdown. Uh, Ed, Ed Oliver as well. So we got a couple of good ones in there. I'll keep I'll keep reading the rest of them off. But Mike, what's your second dog of the week? My second dog of the week is none other than Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham. Turning back the clock, he mm. is 34 years old. This is year 13 for Brandon Graham. He is third in the NFL in pass rushing grade now. Six pressures this past week, three sacks, three hurries on 20 pass rushing snaps against the New York Giants in that big win. It's kind of turning back the clock because you think back to Brandon Graham's career. He started his career as kind of a pass rush specialist. He didn't catch on as a full-time player until like year five and six there in Philadelphia, but was one of the most effective pass rushers when just he could pin his ears back and go get quarterbacks. That's what he's doing this year. They have that depth on the Eagles defensive line to allow him to do that, and he has been utterly fantastic in said role. Brandon Graham, hats off to him. What a dog. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's like it just feels like everyone on the Eagles is supercharged. Oh, yeah. It just it that, that entire team, it just feels like it's just super, supercharged humans. I'll stay along the defensive line for my second one. Uh, this is one that uh, you guys know very well from the Hutch podcast we did here at PFF. It's Aiden Hutchinson. I got to shout out Aiden Hutchinson because he's been talking here. He's been getting a lot of crap, I feel like, over the last couple of weeks. Like, oh, you know, the sacks, the stats, they're inflated. They're not really, he's not really winning that much as a pass rusher. He won as a pass rusher this past weekend. This felt like the best game from a pass rush perspective when it came to Aiden Hutchinson. Elite 90.2 pass rush grade this past week. Had a sack that was absolutely sick, by the way. It was not just a, oh, cleanup sack, effort sack. No, 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 no. He whooped his guy on the right side of the line of scrimmage. Had two pressures in this game. Most importantly, I love this one. Of all the pass rush snaps, he had 23.1% pass 
pass rush win percentage. Love that, man. I really do think that Aiden Hutchinson is getting better and better. And I figured it might be a little bit of a slow burn for him, right? He's more of like a slender build guy. He won with speed a lot when he was mm -hmm. at Michigan. And I knew that the, just the size and strength level of NFL offensive tackles were going to be something that he had, to, he had to adjust to. And so it was a little bit slow for him. He was still getting that production, but people were like, eh, nah, he's not winning as cleanly as he should <laughs> this past weekend. He certainly did. So, Austin, I want to ask you, what did you see from Aiden Hutchinson? What have you seen from him so far this season? Well, first and foremost, the left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, I think his last name is Brandle, is absolute garbage. And there was a lot of reps where he saw Aiden Hutchinson just like completely torturing him alive. And then the other side where he got that big win was against Brian O'Neill, who's no spot of an offensive tackle. He was working him with the bull rush all game. It's kind of where his, his bread and butter or his A move has been. Then comes in with the hand swipe, easy win uh, late in the fourth quarter. He's become the closer for them a little bit. Get, getting sacks when they matter. Aiden Hutchinson definitely, I think, getting better every single week. Ooh, Jeff saying in the chat, Baker Mayfield deserves a dog of the week. He kind of does. We normally he definitely does. We Are you kidding we me? Normally, a ninety-eight yard touchdown drive with one forty-five left. We normally don't. That was a C. <laughs> the Ben Skoranek pass that Baker Mayfield launched, where it was like clearly double coverage, but he just didn't give a shit. Like that is <laughs> that's dog mentality. Yeah. That's, that's dog energy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Messed that one up. Baker. Baker probably took. A, Baker yeah. probably took a look at the playbook and was just like, "Nah, I don't need this, Chief." And he's just like, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what I need to do." And maybe that's the rest. He also. Baker. I don't know. He also headbutts players with helmets on. That's, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just dog. He's got a dog in him. There's a dog in him. I'm sure. We blew it. We blew it. Baker Mayfield should have been the number one dog. Now that I'm thinking about it, but we never go back to Thursday night, so we didn't even think about it. So that was a great shout out from the chat. Austin, who's your third one? Who's your last dog of the week here? I'm going to go, I wanted to look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati coming up with a big win over Cleveland. DJ Reader was my sub dog. And then I took in the top dog here, and it's Jamar Chase. Mm. Uh, T. Higgins plays one play in this game. He ends up leaving. He's got a hamstring injury. Tyler Boyd plays two plays. And then Jamar Chase all of a sudden has to be the guy for a Cincinnati Bengals team that needs every win they can get coming down the stretch to compete for an AFC North title. T, uh, Jamar Chase in this one, 10 of 15, uh, you know, 10 catches on 15 targets for 119 yards and a touchdown in an absolute bout with Denzel Ward, and he was getting all of the attention, obviously. I think after Boyd and Higgins leaves, Chase gets a lot of the attention, and still, even through double coverage, back to coverages, man coverages, all that stuff, Jamar Chase having a lot of success for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's that guy right now, similar to the Justin Jefferson tier, the Tyree Kill tier, where he cannot afford to have cold weeks. He cannot afford to have slow games. And he, every single week, is so consistent when healthy. The fact that he's able to already come back from that hip injury, I think is really, really impressive. A big reason why the Cincinnati Bengals, time and, again, for back-to-back -back seasons, are getting hot right at the right time. Legitimate Super Bowl contenders, better Super Bowl contenders this year than they were last year. Love it. Love it. Love the take. Love the take at the end there. Shall not be forgotten. Mike, what do you have next? I'll stick with the Bengals. Here's your last one. As Quinn oh. is attested to earlier this week, Logan Wilson. I actually have a nickname for him. Go ahead. And okay. Then I'll, I'll share my name. Oh, no. Wow, this is a suspenseful nickname for Jeez, oh, all Logan right. Logan Wilson, 15 tackles on the day. Third-year linebacker. Eight defensive stops. Most of any player in the NFL this past week. Now for the season. He has only missed two tackles on 93 attempts. One of the best tacklers Ooh. in the NFL. What a sort of – he broke out towards the end of last year, but this year we've seen him take his game to just another level there at linebacker. So, Logan Wilson, dog. 17 tackles on the day. Get the ice bath ready. My guy's taking some punishment. Yeah. That's why, that's why Eli wore his jersey yesterday. Eli had the jersey on yesterday. So, so what's the nickname? Wilson. What is the nickname? Are you guys fans of the show Yellowstone? I've never seen it. Only seen the first two episodes. 
Well, for anybody that <laughs> is, it's a great nickname. He's Rip Wheeler. He's just a big, mean cowboy. Austin, have you watched Yellowstone? A cool nickname for a show no one's seen. <laughs> that that's typical Austin to hate on literally like the most popular show on TV. That's such. Awesome. I feel like Austin. I'm glad to see you've changed. To be honest, if any of us would have seen it, I feel like it would have been Austin, right? My actually, no, I looked up things. Rip Wheeler. My brother just sent me a picture of this guy earlier today because he said he's buying a truck. So. There. Wow. So I, I had no clue who it was. He's saying you picture of Logan Wilson? Rip Wheeler. He's saying you picture of Logan Wilson? This guy in real life. Could have been Logan Wilson, actually. So are we calling him Rip Wilson? Is that what we're doing now? Like moving Rip, forward? We can call him Rip Wilson. I like that. Can I like Rip That's, that's kind of good. But, yeah, but right? that's Rip Wheeler in the show. He's just a big, mean cowboy. All right, then we're going to start. Logan Wilson. We're going to start it right here on this show. Austin spread it far and wide. We're calling him Rip Wilson. And, and it, and it's He's in LA, man. He's in Hollywood. He can he can put that bug in someone's ear. That's true. He is. My last dog. I'll find somebody. My last dog of the week, I got JC Horn. JC Horn's just every every time he's out there and he's playing healthy. He what we talked about in the last segment. He's he's an absolute mm-hmm. CB one. He's fantastic, man. Eighty four point five coverage grade this past week. Two forced incompletions. He had one interception. But let's be honest, that other one counted. He may not have quite gotten the second foot in bounds, but my man read that perfectly. Broke on the ball, caught it beautifully. Just couldn't get two feet in bounds. So I, you know what? In my book. That's enough work for two interceptions. So I think that I think we got two takeaways here from JC Horn. I mean, just dog mentality, dog position, just the way that he plays corner. It's just it's all dog position. <laughs> didn't even didn't even realize what I was saying there. I meant to say that playing corner, playing well, you know it that way, makes you a dog. But he's definitely in a dog position right now, no doubt about it, in the uh, in the best way, whatever the best way is. I can leave that to the audience to decide. Uh, speaking of the audience, we got a shout-out for Jalen Petrie. Missed a lot of tackles this year, but very good week this past mm-hmm. week. Led the Texans in tackles. You'll love to see that. Cam Taylor-Britt, we got a shout-out for him as well. Uh, we didn't say BCB. We didn't say Brock Purdy. Nobody oh, said yeah. Brock Purdy? Come on. <sighs> we, we Stares Tom Brady in the face? In Tom Brady's hometown, and says, "No, no, no, you Great were never, points. you were never from here. This is Brock Purdy's town now. Mm-hmm. You can get out, never come back." I think that's what he said to him post game. I'm sure he did. He's that kind of guy that would trash talk Tom Brady for sure. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, Austin, you got any other takes? Anything else you want to say before you get out of here? I actually have a nickname for Brock Purdy. Have you guys seen the show Yellowstone? Any <laughs> 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 no, podcast you want to plug? I, I really enjoyed the segment. Appreciate you joining us, my friend. We'll have to do it again soon. That's Austin Gale, everybody. He is uh, doing everything and everything over at the Ringer. He's doing fantastic stuff, but I don't need to tell you guys that because uh, he did so many fantastic things here at the uh, at, at PFF. So Austin, he is one of the best. Make sure you guys go follow him and all the great work that he is doing over there. Um, always love when we get to talk football and everything else with Austin. That was good. I'm glad that he got that final dig in there with Yellowstone, mm-hmm. too. That was very awesome. That was good stuff. He's going to go watch Yellowstone. <laughs> he is going to go watch he Yellowstone he's gonna, now. He's going to have a Yellowstone right up on the ringer next week. <laughs> he's got, I mean, he's got to validate the, the Rip Wilson oh, nickname. He I has to. Rip Wilson. That's no, a good nickname. He has to. All right, so we're going to finish out the show by heading over to the touchscreen. Yes, sir. Mike's going to be breaking down a play for us. We teased at the top of the show. Philadelphia Eagles are doing fantastic things in the run game. Specifically... When Jalen Hurts is involved. Oh, yeah. So, we wanted to pull up a couple of plays here, highlight what the Eagles are doing. They're doing so many things well, but we didn't just want to have an overarching umbrella statement for that. We wanted to be able to say, hey, this is why it's working. This is what's working about it. What do you got for us, Mike? Yeah, you cannot overstate how impactful the quarterback run game has been for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are averaging 3.317 EPA 
per quarterback rush. They lead the NFL with 95 quarterback rushing attempts. So that's far and away. It's only like seven a game. That's a big part of their offense. And to put that in context, 0.317 EPA per play per rush there, Patrick Mahomes is leading the NFL in terms of EPA per dropback at 3.321. So it's right there. Dang. It's basically turning your running game into a dropback passing game with Patrick wow. Mahomes. How impactful Jalen Hurts in this QB run game has been. And so you just look at this. And a lot of it also has to do with the fact that you can't go one-on-one with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that they have the elite wide receivers. Dallas got her too. So you have this elite trio of wide receivers that, as you see here with New York Giants, they're not going to play single high against. You'd be an idiot to play single high against these type of wide receivers. And so when you're not playing single high, when you have these two guys back here, what this leaves is six guys in a box now. Six guys in a box for six gaps that you got defensively. Yeah, maybe you got the slot corner leaning over to help you out here, but you are down men here for a two-back backfield. And what the Eagles do on this play is they're going to run quarterback counter. Well, yeah, first one right there. We're going to go to the red mark there. Quarterback counter, which you're pulling left guard, left tackle through the hole here, and you're running the running back action the opposite way. So mm -hmm. you've got the option coming this way and the counter blocking for the quarterback that way. So you're getting down block here, down block here, little head up block there. And what that does is really puts, as we'll see, everyone in the box in a bind because the fast flow of the running backs here right at the snap, takes away two guys out the formation now. So what was a six-man box for six gaps has now turned into a four-man box for six gaps. And I don't care who you have at running back. I could hit this hole. I could hit that hole. Whoa. And they don't even block it up too well. But again, it results in a big play because simple numbers, simple arithmetic. You have the perfect confluence of a running back-esque body in Jalen Hurts, a guy who can run between the tackles at over 220 pounds, who is that athletic, with great scheming, great sort of misdirection to get guys flowing that way, and then a great offensive line in front of it that, yeah, you can miss a couple blocks there. There wasn't a great double team at the point of attack. They actually both lost that block. Doesn't matter. Still results in a nine-yard gain. Let's go to the next one here. A little split inside zone week. So you have fast flow with the motion across the formation here in Devontae Smith. Obviously drawing some eyes, drawing the gaps of the linebackers. And you got the strength of formation over here out to the left. Usually most runs in the NFL are going to be run to the strong side of the formation because as we see here on the weak side, they just wouldn't have the numbers traditionally to run a weak side run. Mm -hmm. Linebackers can just flow over the top. It's why a lot of the, you know, a lot of runs go strong side. But when you have a quarterback that can run, again, you're changing the chemistry and you're, all, you're exchanging the numbers, excuse me, arithmetic, not chemistry, uh, so some algebra in there. It could be chemistry. And you're coming across the formation with your tight end as well. So you have split inside zone weak with an arc block to the edge and immediately taking back a number over there by taking the tight end across the formation mm -hmm. and adding one more because the quarterback is a rushing threat as well. So again, when you had what well, should have been for the weak side here, five guys that could have that been accounted for, all of a sudden, you have four guys that have to that can then block them, and you have the running back that takes away Kayvon Thibodeau off the edge. And as we'll see, I believe, selecting that, as we'll see up here, as soon as Kayvon Thibodeau goes down, Jalen Hurts is around the outside. And oh, by the way, you got the two yeah. guys there to block, and it's just easy money. That is, again, no block really mattered on this play. It is scheme and talent, the fact that Jalen Hurts can run, and the fact that you have to account for these wide receivers like Devontae Smith going fast motion, scheme and talent does not matter about the execution then. If you're dialing it up like this, that turns into a 30 plus yard gain just because he caught him. He caught him in the wrong look. And as you'll see there, Jalen Hurts goes up the right sideline. Big play, doesn't even get touched. Mm. Quarterback, 
you know, quarterback run game, you worry about him getting hurt, doesn't get hurt when you don't get touched on a play. So you have that. And then red zone. Here's where they've really been deadly. More touchdowns from the quarterback position rushing than any team on design runs this year. Uh, and again, like I said, they've done a ton. They've done a ton of this. This is such a huge aspect of their game. And again, you have uh, Miles Sanders here starting from an alignment and fast flowing, kind of like the fast flow we saw in the jet motion to just kind of get to eyes of second level players. And as you see here, you got the deep middle safety. Yep. Running with it. He's going this way because he's like, oh shit, we got three versus four. Three versus four, again, arithmetic. You got to get four versus four or else he can just walk into the end zone if those blocks get set up. So you got the, the safety that could add on the run game here because it's low red zone. Uh, usually the safeties, you know, from 10 yards deep there, he can come up and make a play two or three yards past the line of scrimmage. But you take him out of there because of the fast motion. And if this were Tom Brady back here, if this was, you know, Aaron Rodgers back there, you're not worried about a quarterback drop. He's got to, you know, it's got to go here or it's got to go something quick to the outside there. You're not worried about the threat of the quarterback running game. But with Jalen Hurts, as we'll see here, if we'll just go to the next one, just to see a little bit more, because they run a little fake screen draw, mm -hmm. you get the linebacker gets out of place, gets out of position, runs with the flow. You have the safety now, way out of position, running with the flow. And so what was you know, a box that had enough numbers is now just five versus five. And they don't even block it up right. You had basically a man blocking on the draw. Everyone's responsible for someone. And the left tackle, as you'll see here, doesn't even block Kayvon Thibodeau. He kind of just gets in Jalen Hurts' way. Hmm. He thought he was supposed to pass off with the left guard here. And you have Jason Kelsey pulling over to the side there. You get block, block. And as long as Kayvon Thibodeau, just that second hesitation that it took with the screen there on the outside is enough for Jalen Hurts to get up through that hole. And then there's no one. There's no one. Again, this doesn't even take great execution from a blocking perspective. There's just no one there to account for Jalen Hurts running straight through to the end zone. Cornerbacks, backs turned. It's easy. It's easy money. And you see it again and again on tape with this Philadelphia Eagles offense, Nick Sirianni and company just dialing it up for Jalen Hurts that it makes them so dangerous to defend. And so it's turned their running game into a glorified passing game in terms of its effectiveness, in terms of its efficiency. And it's really been probably one of the biggest differences uh, between, you know, expectations for the Eagles offense we thought you know maybe they're going to be a good offense to why they're now looking like an elite offense in the NFL how much does this go into the MVP campaign right well, it's I mean, huge. It, okay. you don't do it with someone you know you, again like I said that play doesn't exist with Tom Brady at quarterback it, you know and, and it also frees up then you know not only do you have to worry about that but if that weren't the case you're going to have to if they do throw it like some guys are still going to be have that moment of hesitancy where they can't just attack screens like that so it opens up kind of everything and again going back to what i said about you can't play too high against them well then you can run concepts to beat one high and if they're in too high well they can just run with jalen hurt so it's kind of they have answers now for anything a defense wants to throw at them yeah they just Feels like they're so unstoppable right now. Yeah. That's why we talked about this yesterday. I can't wait to see them go up against the San Francisco 49ers mm -hmm. in the playoffs. I hope we get that matchup because that could be a really great one with D'Amico Ryan's defense to see how they really challenge, contain, do everything for the Philadelphia Eagles offense. All right, before we get out of here, let's do uh, let's let's find out what the answer to the question of the day is. What was the question of the day? It was the guess the record for the Patriots wild card. Mm -hmm. Wild card hey, games they've had over the last 20 Patriots years, right? Patriots wild card record. Yes, yeah. Patriots wild card record. So I completely forgot they lost last year, too. I'm going 4-2. and two. Forgot they even made the playoffs. Four and so two. that's two I can remember. 4-2. and two. I'm sticking with 4-2. So I'll say 3-2. I'll say 3-2. Okay, what is it? 2-3. and 2-3? and three. Under Belichick, yeah. Wow. Wild card round has turned out to be a little bit of a challenge. 
Interesting. We don't have Tom Brady winning the uh, is Belichick one seat every Belichick year. Belichick scared of the first round? Yeah, I mean, Ooh, I, I like that. Well, I mean, I like if, so question. if you make the wild card, you're not as good a team, and it's like you know, kind of toss up at that. Point. That's true. So. That is, that is very true. All right, well, just fear the Patriots. Don't just make just win. Just win during the regular either, season. Either, 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 <laughs> either get the bye, yeah. or. She'll make the playoffs. Yeah. You already know what's going to happen if you make the wild card. So, unfortunately, this year it feels like they're uh, the only chance they have is a wild card. So, maybe they get a chance to up the record a little bit this year. Hey, before we get out of here, I do want to shout out uh, the Mississippi State football family as well as everybody who has ever watched the game of football for the loss of Mike Leach. Mike Leach passed away last night. So, I just wanted to give my condolences, love, prayers, everything from everybody here on this set to Mike Leach's family. Uh, his loved ones, his friends, everybody that uh, that knew him dear. I mean, he was somebody who just gave the world so much. Personal uniqueness is the biggest thing for Mike Leach. For everything that he did for the game of football, both at the college level, the high school, high school football level too, NFL football, whatever it was, the biggest thing that he gave the world was joy. There were just so many things that he was able to give the world, reasons to smile, reasons to laugh, and for that, uh, we're mourning loss of him, and, and we're right there. Sending our love to all of his family, loved ones, friends, and everything. He is, you know, Mike Leach. He's somebody who went outside the box, and that's what this show is all about, right? Covering football outside of the box. So we here at Issues Football, we just wanted to say that and, and send our condolences their way. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Mike Renner. For everybody in the production portal, shout out to Austin Gale. Shout out to all you guys for watching the chat. We will see you guys right here at 11 a.m. tomorrow. See you guys then. It's not about politics. It's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just gonna play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.